HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food and beverage radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll, Lord. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul, though. Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Southern T. And I'm Greg Benson. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. What's going on? Oh, man. So I, I've i started doing a little passion project in my spare time that is equal parts uh, amusing and just bone-shatteringly terrifying. Um, okay. Is it, is it also dangerous? <laughs> maybe, honestly. I mean, it, it could be. I could be contributing to... Uh, widespread panic and destruction. I'm not sure yet, but essentially I was looking at my bar the other day and I was like, oh, I'm kind of in the mood for something with gin and chartreuse, but I don't know what, and I wasn't feeling particularly creative. So as a joke, I went on to chat GPT and I was like, hi oh. there, can you come up with a cocktail recipe that is gin and chartreuse? And immediately the robot was like, of course, here's a classic recipe. And it gave me a recipe for a green swizzle. And I was like, thanks. <clears throat> you know, that sounds great. But uh, I was kind of in the mood for something original. Like, do you think you could come up with like a whole new cocktail recipe that I could try that has those two ingredients? And less than a second later, very politely, it was like, absolutely. Here's a new cocktail that I came up with. And it gave me this, you know, it was gin, chartreuse, honey, lemon, uh, Saint Germain celery bitters, which really impressed me. But the wow. thing that the thing that I found the most eerie is that it gave it a name. It called oh. it the Chartreuse Garden. I did not ask it to do that. <laughs> I did not tell it to name this thing. It just came up with it out of the blue. And honestly, it wasn't bad. Um, oh, you went, you followed through and made it. Of course, I made it. Yeah, of course, I had to, I had to see if this thing that didn't have taste buds was going to be able to actually like pull off a tasty cocktail. And it was, I'll, I'll admit, it was a little muddled. I also sure. kind of wanted it to be a long drink. I felt like it would have been better with uh, with some soda water in it. But overall, I was sipping it and I'm like, I would be happy if I ordered this off a cocktail menu and this showed up. Like I would be, you know, it's not, you know, it, it's not going to win any plates anytime soon. But uh, it was a <laughs> solidly passable cocktail designed by a machine that not to belabor this point or anything, but a machine that doesn't have any taste buds and will right. never know how this actually tastes. And so I've been doing this a couple more times. I've thrown it a few more. Oh, a few, oh yeah, no, I'm definitely, yeah. it's, uh, and <laughs> we're, we're down the rabbit hole. Oh, we're so far down the rabbit hole. And I've been, and the, the fruits of it are on my TikTok, by the way. So you can go and check that out. It's a new segment I'm doing called artificial intoxicants. Um, <laughs> Are you still doing these from the shower? <laughs> you know, honestly, I thought about it. I was like, I mean, the pe the people have said they want the skin, so I should give them the skin. But no, I was like, no, 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 no. You gotta sexy is all about what you don't show. You gotta leave them wanting more. So uh, I've moved out of the shower uh, into my living room to do these, and I am rating every drink that I make or rather that the robot tells me to make and that I make based on its specifications, I'm rating them all on a scale of one to five 
human skulls crushed under the boot of our robot overlords. So we're on about a one to three skull range so far. I haven't had any that have really blown me out of the water yet, but on the day that I do, I'll probably just retire. Sure. Uh, well, so, so you've made you made this drink that uh, gave it the name the Chartreuse Garden, uh, which seems apt mm-hmm. given that it had celery bitters and Saint Germain, which is flowers, and of course Chartreuse, which is full of botanicals. That seems apt. Any other interesting names popping out? And are you are you are you constantly offering it items to use to make the cocktail? Yes. So my my parameters are it has to have at least three ingredients that I give it. And I also, these are, these are sort of the rules I've set up for myself. Like it has to have, I'm sorry, not three, two. It has to have at least two ingredients and I have to follow its instructions exactly. And, uh, I have to push it for as much specifics as possible. So for example, um, I asked it to make a recipe with, um, whiskey and kimchi. Yeah. Cause I had a lot of like really spicy kimchi juice lying around and uh, I, I had to push it further to specify exactly which whiskey it, it was it had in mind. And eventually it wouldn't it uh, because it's programming doesn't allow it to endorse specific brands. Oh, uh, it couldn't go any further than just saying um, basically explaining to me how scotch worked. And I was like, thanks for robot explaining this to me. But essentially, essentially, I, I settled on doing a scotch for that one. That one was. Um, Spicy, <laughs> very spicy. Scotch and kimchi, uh, two great tastes that taste great together. <laughs> Honestly, you know, it was uh, it it wasn't as terrible. Given one thing, I found, and this is probably because there's you know it has to do with the body of work online that it's pulling from. But the weirder the requests I give it, the less successful it is like there's so many examples of cocktails out there like think about how many more examples there are of gin and chartreuse so how much more of a pool of knowledge it has to work for to build something off of that versus another one that i asked it to make with pineapple rum and fernet and the only reason that i asked it to do that is because i keep those two bottles next to each other on my bar and i was kind of looking at like huh i wonder um (laughs) <laughs> that one was not good. But also, yeah. if you think about it, how many cocktails are out there that have Stiggins and Fernet Branca in them? Probably not a lot. And I'm guessing there probably aren't a lot because if the one that ChatGPT told me to make, which, by the way, it called the Tropical Breeze, um, <laughs> or any indication, those two things do not taste good together. Yeah, it's more of a tropical nightmare. Oh, God, um, yeah. yeah it, tasted, it tasted like being a kid at the dentist's office again, about to get a tooth pulled. Well, we'll have to go check out your TikTok. I can't even believe you're on there, but uh, you'll have to go check out your TikTok for artificial intoxication. Yep, that's me, up up and coming geriatric TikTok star. <laughs> Are you considered geriatric in the TikTok realm? I, yeah, I'm over thirty, dude. I'm in my mid thirties now. I'm definitely just yeah, the the upper upper probably like ninety percentile of people who are on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, artificial intoxicants. I'll uh, I'll drop a link in the show notes. Go and check it out. It's a it's a weird journey into our obsolescence as a species. It's a lot of fun, um, and part of the part of the reason this is going to be a fun segue. So hang with me. Okay, I'm, I'm ready. I'm holding all right, on. All right, you ready? You ready? This is this is a good one. Um, I think part of the reason that eventually the robots are going to take over is because our our soft, fleshy human bodies need so much upkeep. We need so much maintenance. You know, healthcare. We get sick. We get injured. We break down. And that's why it's so important. Uh, to have health insurance in this industry, which brings us to our guests today. Did you did you like that one? Did you like yeah, where, that, where that came from? Awesome. It. So hanging out in the studio with us today, we have Aaron Gregory Smith, who is the executive director of the USBG, the United States Bartenders Guild, and Deborah Brenner, who is the founder and CEO of Women and the Vine and excuse me, Women of the Vine and Spirits. Welcome, y'all. How are you doing today? Great. Thank you. Uh, thanks for having us here. Yeah, good to have you. Good morning, Southern Greg and hey, Deborah. Man. Nice chatting with you. Yes, yeah, I'm excited to chat today. So, uh, lot, lots for uh, good things for us to talk about. Absolutely, yeah. So, I, I want to jump right in, Deborah. Tell me a little bit about what Women of the Vine and Spirits is. How how long it's been around for? How it got started, and kind of what your what your core mission is. Absolutely. So um, I worked in the BevAlk industry 
for the last uh, 15, 20 years, um, I started to um, realize that uh, there was a great need to advocate for greater diversity, equity, and inclusion in a very traditional male-dominated industry. So in 2015, I organized the first um, global membership organization, Women of the Vine and Spirits, uh, dedicated to our mission. And um, now, fast forward to 2023, we have over uh, 185 corporate members, over 11,000 individual members. Uh, we all come together across the three tiers. And, um, and it's really making a difference in seeing that, uh, you know, people are looking at new policies and new ways to bring diversity, equity, and inclusion into their workplace. Um, two years after forming that, I started the Women of the Vine and Spirits Foundation, which is the charitable arm, and our 501c3, uh, which is also our scholarship fund. So for anybody out there listening that maybe wants to apply for a scholarship uh, to advance their career in, in the uh, BevAlk industry, uh, we are still accepting applications till the end of the month. So the program that I'm working on with Aaron at the USBG is uh, directly funded through the Women of the Vine and Spirits Foundation. So I guess get, but the, that's that's a perfect, that's a much better segue than the one that I just had a few minutes ago, but um, that's a perfect segue <laughs> to talk to about uh, what what is the partnership that you're developing with the USBG? So... Um, when the pandemic first hit, um, Tito's, uh, I think everybody knows Tito's handmade. Uh, I've seen vodka. them around, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Tito's is one of our uh, supporters and donors for the Women in the Vine and Spirits Foundation. They're also a corporate member of ours. And, um, you know, Tito's uh, has a huge, huge um, philanthropic arm, which is Love Tito's. And he does a tremendous amount of charity work. Uh, obviously, when the pandemic hit and, uh, you know, the hospitality bartender on-premise community was just hit the hardest, they came to us with the foundation and they, they really asked, what can we do to help? How can we help? And there were a lot of companies donating money, like to the USBG Foundation and, and others, to try to uh, financially assist. But they challenged um, our foundation to say, what can we do maybe besides and beyond just monetary. And that's when, you know, we realized that healthcare and mental wellness and just um, financial assistance, legal assistance, these are things that um, the on-premise community, the bartender community, you know, restaurant, bars, they don't get uh, some of these benefits. Most of them don't even get any healthcare. And a lot of large corporations today they offer above and beyond healthcare, they offer what's called employee assistance programs. And those are run through another agency and it provides free counseling sessions for with qualified licensed clinicians. It provides legal assistance, financial assistance. It provides help for anybody in your household can use this 24 seven, 360 days, five days out of the year and it's quite affordable. And so I went back to Tito's with this idea and started exploring and was able to find one of the largest EAP program providers called Compsych to work with us to offer this to anybody in hospitality that needed assistance. And thankfully and so gratefully funded by, um, by Tito's. And that's when um, Aaron said, hey, Deb, what are you doing? You know, we, we hear about this program. What is it about? And Aaron actually um, invited me for one of his Instagram lives to talk about it. And then Aaron and I afterwards said, okay, this is designed to help your community, the United States Bartenders Guild, your members, this community. Is there a way we may be able to partner and provide these services together? And, um, and that's when the conversation started. So I, I want to ask and, and just clarify for our listeners here, um, are these employee assistance programs you're talking about, EAPs, it sounds like they're not health insurance in the traditional sense, because the, because these are things that we as Americans have have to know, because we that's the 
awesome way we built this country. Um, but it, it, it sounds like this is different in some fundamental ways from health insurance. So if I'm right about that, how how is it different? Yeah, I can, I can speak to that, Greg. So, um, you know, there's a... It, HR departments uh, in in large corporations have have traditionally put a ton of resources into helping their workforce um, through specific challenges. You know, there's a there was a time when there was a a, a binder on you know on on relocating for 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 work. There was a binder for helping an elderly parent. You know, and there were these resources that an HR department would give to employees. A lot of that stuff has gone into this specialized. Um, employee assistance program uh, providers, and for you know relatively um, relatively low fee for for a large company, um, they can get this sort of ongoing year round support for their employees to help them through a specific challenge. So um, while we know that uh, medical insurance, um, which we often refer to, I think, as healthcare, though it's it it is insurance that that system um, you know costs multiple hundreds of dollars. A month for anybody who is uh, is subscribing to it, whether you're in the the open market or you're getting an employee um, an employer stipend. So that is be definitely beyond the scope of this program, which you know would be thousands of dollars a year a year per per person. Um, but what this does is it gets you sort of a baseline level of support. So when a challenge comes into your life or into your family's life, um, you are getting some support, you know, um, several sessions with a, with a qualified um, counselor to help you through that specific challenge. And, um, and just the, the, the relief of stress that that can, that, that, that that can offer you and your family um, goes a really, really long way. Aaron, you said that really beautifully. I mean, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, it's a lot of the health issues start much earlier with anxiety, stress, so grief. And and so what the assistance program, in our case, what we're offering, the hospitality assistance program, it actually, to your point, Aaron, gives people a place to go a place to find resources, to ask questions, to navigate, you know, it's it, not everybody. I mean, for myself, you know, where do you turn? Who should I call? You know, how do I handle this? Um, that's where we can, you know, do a lot of the preventative stuff, but it is, it is very different, but it does offer, like you said, Aaron, that the counseling sessions, I mean, that's for mental health, for substance abuse, for grief, for uh, any other challenges. And then it even goes down to helping you with childcare, elder care, resources, financial aid, um, you know, especially with the pandemic, nobody understood how they were getting the, you know, the, the, the different um, stimulus checks and did they have to pay taxes and what do you do? And in the bartenders, you know, how do you file and tips and it's just an incredible resource. And the beauty of it is you actually have not only an online resource, but you actually have a phone line, which today is really rare, <laughs> to get a human being on the other end when you call. I love that. Um, I I am a big fan of calling instead of emailing or or at the very least, like finding the fastest, most efficient path through the maze of if, you know, to speak to a qualified professional, press one. Um, mm. But I, I have to ask the two of you, it sounds to me like an EAP has more services, including stuff that might even be preventative of health problems in ways that we don't even think of being preventative. Like, you know, think of legal assistance as a precursor to a less stressful life, as a precursor to a healthier environment, as a precursor to a better work-life balance. I mean, that that is amazing. So I just have to ask, if it has all this extra stuff, and it also sounds like it's cheaper, how does that work? <laughs> yeah, there we go. That's the, that's the punchline. Yeah. How does, how does the cheaper work? How, how can they make all of that available? I think it has to do with scale, honestly. I, um, you know, I, as Deborah mentioned, um, this program started at the initiative of Women of the Vine and Spirits um, with, the, with the support of Tito's and, and uh, Tito's Handmade Vodka. And, and I, I do want to shout out Tito's real quick because I work with a lot of beverage alcohol suppliers and Tito's really knows what they're doing when it comes to charitable giving. 
Um, they're caught they're, they're they have an entire philanthropy team um, that makes good, strong, solid relationships, and they make long-term commitments, which in the nonprofit space, which I can speak to pretty, pretty confidently, um, that is so valuable. So um, huge shout out to them for, for initiating this, uh, this relationship, and then also being there and being there to, um, to offer the expansion. Um, as Deborah and I first started talking about this, we were offering it um, initially to anybody who um, applied to the bartender's emergency assistance program, we were saying, okay, while we're working on this application, we want you to, to register for this program and call in and see what other types of support you can get because you know you're going to need more than what we've you know more than what um, what this cash assistance is going to be able to provide you, and this is going to be ongoing support for you long term. Now, why is it less expensive? I would say that it's a scale issue, right? And I, I um, so or a scale matter. So when you've got a, a giant corporation of a hundred thousand employees. Um, you're able, you know, the, you, the, the number of people who use this service is going to be relatively low, um, among all of those employees. So we've been really fortunate and Deborah did an amazing job securing a partner that was willing to extend sort of corporate pricing on an as needed basis, right? People are going to be signing up for the hospitality assistance program more in our program when they have a need as opposed to an entire workforce. So we're getting a lot of benefit here and taking, you know, really taking good advantage of um, a system that is designed for low use and using it at a higher rate, I would say. Yeah. And that's, that's a smart way to to pull the levers and twist the dials and get the system to work better for everyone involved. But Aaron, you and I've been involved with one another for quite some time uh, through the USBG, et cetera. Um, there is an existing program that you guys have, the Emergency Assistance Program, and I know it's helped bartenders out a ton uh, over the years, not just during the pandemic. Um, how does how does this differ, and or do the two bolster one another? Or do they combine it at any point? How, do, how where does that come into play? Certainly, yeah. So the Bartender Emergency Assistance Program is really about helping somebody out of a bind, right? Like there's a a really specific situation that has come up, whether that's an illness, um, their own illness or injury, or one in their family. Um, and what we do is kind of help take the pressure off of some of the expenses of that, whether it's medical bills or, you know, if, if somebody, you know, one of, uh, one of the stories, classic stories um, that I like to tell is an early applicant for this program um, had broken their ankle uh, in a motorcycle accident through no fault of their own. You know, a drunk driver ran a, ran a stoplight. Um, can't bartend with a broken ankle. So um, this bartender was, uh, had sent in an application for having their car insurance, um, their car insurance uh, premium paid for six months. Um, and it wasn't much. It was like, you know, $600. And that's, that's exactly what, what they asked for. And this was because they were now living in their car and they were afraid if they got pulled over and didn't have insurance, um, they would lose their hat where their housing. Right. And so just needed $600 to get that health insurance, to get that car insurance premium paid so that they, didn't lose their car so that when their uh, ankle healed, they could go back to work. And um, these are the kinds of emergencies that there's just no safety net in some, in some states, there is a safety net in some states there isn't. Um, And so we, the bartender emergency assistance program is trying to sort of level that playing field. So when you have some baseline need uh, that you can get through a small stretch, how this differs from the hospitality assistance program is um, the hospitality assistance program is going to guide you to resources um, and f- support you with with counseling, but it's not necessarily a cash assistance program. It's a it's a resource assistance program. Sure, and, and and that makes a lot of sense. The other thing I'd like, if I could add to it, the other thing that really differentiates being cash is that when you enroll in our hospitality assistance program, it's good for the entire calendar year. And it's available so to everybody in your household. And I think that's something I really want to stress that every person that lives in that household, it could be your brother, your sister, your, your, you know, domestic partner, your spouse, your, your grandmother, everybody in the household. It, it's incredible. If you enroll, our annual calendar year is uh, the end of January. So when you enroll, this is all year. And the other thing is you get five free counseling sessions with a qualified counselor per incident. 
not per year. Oh, wow. So you can have multiple incidents. And I just want to also give you an idea of some of the other things. It's wellness. It talks about emotional well-being, fitness, grief and loss, personal growth, pregnancy. I had many bartenders in our on-premise that were, you know, going through pregnancy and they were working the whole time, but being able to have those resources, stress and anger management, childcare, divorce, domestic issues, um, parenting and um, career development, uh, school for financial help, debt. I mean, you're just talking, um, Aaron, about somebody living in their car, right? Debt, estate planning, insurance, real estate, Legal again, family law, it's like support and all that adulting stuff. Yeah, yeah, yes, that's, that's lifestyle, <laughs> home and audio, buying and selling a car, you know, relocation. And I, I can't, when I started looking into this, because I left corporate America in 2003, I don't even think employee assistance programs existed. But this is the stuff that you're going through as human beings and you're trying to keep it together while you actually have to go and do your job, right? <laughs> so here is like this incredible network of support, not just online, but like I said, also with human beings to guide you. And, you know, I think that it's just for, for employers. I don't even think a lot of them do a great job in promoting it internally where people could really lean on it. But this is the stuff that does impact your performance, right? It impacts your mental health. It impacts how you show up for work and how well you do um, if these things are going on in your life. So, um, and and frankly, for most of the hospitality industry, where, where could you turn to get all of that kind of um, resources available? And, and like Aaron and, and Greg, you asked, how, how is it, how does it cost this? Because unlike going to, you know, the healthcare system, which is really outrageous. I mean, I have healthcare for my employees and it's, it's not even thousands of dollars, tens of thousands a year. Mm-hmm. And, um, and for most restaurants and bars that how can they afford it? You know, and this is very affordable because this third party organ company is providing these services to everybody. So like Aaron said, the scalability is it's not just the your individual. Um, and they made a huge exception for us because we went to them saying, guess what? We don't actually have employees, but we really need this. And I mean, kudos to Tito's and Comsite for working with us. Well, that's amazing. And that that sort of leads into the big question that was sort of that that's that's been looming over this this interview ever since we scheduled it the one that I was both very excited and a little bit scared to ask you to which is that you know we've heard so many people over the years talk about trying to find ways to provide you know um support and healthcare and just a a better quality of life for their employees outside of work in this industry i mean you know people like Danny Meyer have taken it on um you know, big names have tried to do it. We've had a number of people on the show who have tried to to find ways around it, and none of them seem to work at scale. And it sounds like what we were just talking about there, with this being um, them making this this exception for an employee's assistance program that is not for employees, it's for members, not necessarily employees. Um, it sounds like maybe that is the secret sauce that sounds like this is a, a perhaps a formula that we might have finally cracked here. Am I right about that? I mean, I, Absolutely. I certainly hope so. <laughs> uh, I think this is why Aaron and I were so excited. I mean, literally, Aaron, like I said, Aaron invited me to come talk on his Instagram and we we stayed on the line and we're like, exactly what you said, Greg, the two of us just saw the potential and scalability for this because it doesn't, what we're doing is it doesn't matter who you're employed for, right? We are able to scale this through donations, through the foundation, through the Women of the Mind and Spirits Foundation. It's tax deductible. You donate to that. We can fund this program. We can scale it. And because Compsight is not only the largest EAP provider, uh, but it's also the largest in the world. 
so they have the scalability to be able to manage, you know, as many members as we can bring on. So twofold here is one, we want to make sure more and more people take advantage of this through the USBG and uh, it's part of membership and, and really utilize it. We want to also encourage uh, our donors um, to think about if they want to help us scale and expand, which is why we're here talking today. And then the other thing, if anybody is listening that um, can talk to their um, restaurant bar on-premise owner, if you're interested in actually getting a you know EAP program for your own teams, it's extremely affordable. Um, I can tell you that it is a price per employee per month, and you pay. You know, basically, um, that's how it's it's scaled. So if you have fifty employees, um, you can just go ahead and pay for those fifty per month, and it's for a year contract or more. Um, but I got to tell you, it's cheaper than some of the stuff that you go and buy at, at, at Starbucks for a fancy cup of coffee per person per month. I'm wondering how fancy a cup of coffee we're talking here. Right. Those, those <laughs> things can get pricey. They sure can. Well, yeah. I, you and, know, I, I think that there's a philosophical discussion we could have about, you know, Deborah alluded to this a little bit. It's just like, um, you know, we've, we've, kind of set, organized our society in such a way that we are putting so much of the support that you receive as an individual. Um, we're putting so much of that through your employer-employee relationship. Um, and there's a, you know, it's not a great system for low margin, high volume, high turnover industries like hospitality. Right. Um, it, it, it just, it's not designed for, for this type of work and uh, for this type of industry. Um, and this kind of helps us start to uh, bridge that gap a little bit and and be able to provide, you know, we, we also provide um, bar and restaurant memberships, uh, group memberships, so you can bring your entire staff on as members of the USBG. And that would also get them access to your whole team access to this as well as, you know, sort of the community building elements of, of what a USBG membership can do. And Aaron, I love that you say that because before we got on this, I was just mentioning to Greg that is... Uh, for anybody out there that, like you said, group memberships, and you already get your employees into this hospitality assistance program, with the state of the industry now, and I mentioned, um, I I worked in hospitality when I was younger, and then in my later adult life, I married a restaurant owner. So when you marry a restaurant owner, you basically marry the restaurant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it is, it's your living room. It's your life. It, it's everything. So um, 20 years of, of that, um, I, you know, we had our staff, we, we did a retire from the restaurant. I wish I knew about this seven years ago and everything, but it is so incredible. So um, with the struggle for really good talent today, this can be a game changer to differentiate your bar, restaurant, your on-premise with recruitment and retention, because this will make a difference for people choosing and for qualified, really good labor. They're going to choose somebody that may offer this to them. So I love, Aaron, you know, that the USBG is offering these group memberships. Um, so if, if, you know, an owner could could do that. I think it makes a huge recruitment and retention opportunity in uh, in today's world. I love that. I think that's that's yeah. great. And I really want to talk about how the rollout of this has been since it launched in February. But for now, we need to take uh, just a quick break and hear a word from our sponsors. So we'll be right back with Aaron Gregory Smith and Deborah Brenner on the Speakeasy here on Heritage Radio Network. Stay tuned. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Roberta's was founded in Bushwick in 2008 and has become one of the most iconic restaurants in the country. HRN made its home inside of Roberta's in 2009, and together they have become part of the DIY fabric of the neighborhood. Roberta's, the pizza restaurant, is open for lunch and dinner seven days a week and serves much more than just the famous wood-fired pizzas. Their team dreams up new salads, pastas, and sandwiches on the regular. Roberta's Tiki Bar is alive and well in the back garden, serving up frozen drinks in the summer and hot toddies in the winter. 
Stop by the bakery and takeout spot next door for fresh breads, sticky buns, and pizzas to go. But Roberta's also extends beyond Bushwick, with multiple locations in New York City and now in Los Angeles. You can also find their frozen pies in grocery stores around the country. The spirit of Roberta's, like Heritage Radio Network, is everywhere. Here's to many more years of pizza-powered radio. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. And we're back. You're listening to The Speakeasy on Heritage Radio Network. Uh, and in the studio today, we've got Aaron Gregory Smith, the Executive Director of the United States Bartenders Guild, along with Deborah Brenner uh, from Women of the Vine and Spirits. And we're talking a ton about how we're trying to get more resources out to, I mean, all of us as human beings, not just attaching it to our employment situation uh, and getting these resources out there. Um, so I want to talk, uh, as we left off, I just wanted to note, like, where can I get this information as an individual? Where can I get this information as a business owner? How do I start this ball rolling for myself and my team? Aaron, do you want to start with the USBG? Yeah, I can I can speak to that. So um, we are, you know, right right now, this uh, um, this is included in our membership materials. So when you're joining the, the USBG, um, we will refer to the ComSite program and talk a little bit about the hospitality assistance program. Um, and uh, so that's all available there. We also um, include it in the messaging for new members, uh, as well as returning members who haven't taken advantage of the, of the program yet. Um, we do send out uh, messages talking about the, the benefits. Once somebody is enrolled also in the program, um, they also get uh, they also get regular sort of monthly uh, new information about all of the resources that are available. And this was something that uh, the uh, that the Women of the Vine and Spirits uh, team put together um, before we linked up in partnership. And they do just such a good job of finding um, you know something interesting and underutilized on the program and letting the enrollees know uh, what's going on with that. Uh, or what you know, how to access that 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 particular resource. So it is included in our membership materials. We do message about it. I'll tell you, people are signing up for this thing every single day. Um, I get a notification every time somebody, you know, here at the launch, I've got get a notification in my email every time somebody makes the uh, um, uh, signs up for it. And you know, I wake up to those daily. Somebody is has found out about it and is enrolling in it. So reception has been great so far. Yeah, I can't Absolutely. imagine it would be otherwise, given the sheer volume of the resources that are here. That's the part that seems like weirdly counter, right? It's so many um, items that are that, that you were listing before, Deborah, that are that are resources that can be gotten a hold of. It seems almost overwhelming. Um, you know, how do how do how do you encourage people to navigate that? And like Aaron was alluding to, the fact that you and your team are finding the the unique resources and trying to highlight them uh, in your in your newsletters and whatnot. But how do you Absolutely. How do you capture people's attention and say, look, you didn't realize, but this also has financial advice. You can, you know, like I yeah. wouldn't have thought of that. You know, if I don't even know it's there, how do I know it's there? You know what I mean? And and that's part of what we do is just reminders, you know, putting out these. So when you enroll, um, you know, we keep reminding them to use it as a resource. You know, we keep saying, you know, if you're going through something and it doesn't all have to be a negative challenge. It could be a positive, right? It could be, like I said, a pregnancy, a birth. Um, it could be that you're trying to navigate how to buy your first home and you've never done that before. Um, so it's not just always on negative, difficult challenges. It's all on positive too, right? So it can be, there's so much there. Like even, um, you know, we've even put out newsletters reminding people like getting ready for the kids to go back to school in the fall. Like, you know, how, how are you preparing? You know, these are all things that, that, uh, hospitality workers are, are dealing with every single day. And then, you know, um, the other way for people, if you are interested, please come to the, um, Women of the Vine and Spirits Foundation. It's WOTVSFoundation.org. You can also email us. We can provide you with um, uh, resources um, that if you are looking to consider this for your teams, um, like the group um, membership with the USBG, but you also can look into your own EAPs and we're happy to help um, anybody navigate that. But like Aaron said, we're getting people signing on. Uh, we just need to spread the word because a lot of people don't even realize it. I will tell you that from ComPsych, 
um, I get the usage reports, which I do, uh, you know, share with Aaron and, and obviously with the philanthropic team at Tito's. And Comsec has said that our hospitality assistance program is one of the largest utilized programs out of some of their corporate uh, members. Uh, so I just think it really shows that we're providing something that people really need and really want, and they're using it. Yeah, that's the key to to create a tool is one thing. To to create uh, uh, people to line up to use that tool is is the is the magic, right? Yeah, and the thing is, you know, I would love for you know, I think we're when you said about scalability and and being something that could really be such a game changer to support um, the people of this industry. I would love that that somebody is in behind the bar or server in the break room and something is going on and somebody says, you know, have you enrolled in, in, in the hospitality assistance program? This could really help you. You know, um, just before we got on this call, so that you were talking about somebody going through a breakup. Imagine if you could say, hey, you should be part of this hospitality assistance program, five free counseling sessions sure. per incident, you know, what a great way to just be able to talk to someone saying, I, I'm going through a really tough time right now and um, I'm not feeling okay. And, and just picking up that phone and having a licensed clinician that you do not pay for. I, I think that's just remarkable. Yeah, it, it really is, especially uh, given the statistics on how uh, hospitality employees in general don't uh, have access to that sort of care um, generally uh, to be able to have it um, at your fingertips is it's pretty amazing. Really ex extraordinary work you guys are putting together. Well, we're we're so thrilled that you're giving us this platform through your through the Speakeasy to to help spread the word. Aaron and I are thrilled to partner because we feel we're stronger together, and um, you know uh, we couldn't do this without the absolute love Tito's philanthropic arm of Tito's handmade vodka and and you know their support. Um, and they're taking care of the people that serve them. I think that's what's most incredible. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of taking care of people, uh, USBG has been around for quite a while doing just that. Aaron, you want to uh, talk about the fact that USBG is turning uh, 75? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I want to echo uh, Deborah's uh, sentiments here. This ha has been a really valuable strategic partnership for us. It started in the way great relationships start with like, hey, you're doing something really neat. Let's amplify it. And then seeing that that can really grow into something that delivers um, meaningful impact in people's lives. You know, that's that's what partnership is all about. Uh, women of the Vine and Spirits creates an incredible space for um, women in the industry to connect and to um to leverage their, their relationships in, in growing their careers. And uh, they're providing so much guidance and leadership for the industry. Uh, just very, very valuable, very valuable partnership for us and really important work they're doing. Um, the USBG is turning 75 this year. We are, um, we have been at this, you know, 1948, we were founded as a, as a chapter of actually the the United Kingdom Bartenders Guild, um, <laughs> we're the California chapter of the UK BG, and then um, we had our own tea party or maybe a whiskey party, if you will, and uh, and and separated off. And um, that history has um, has had a lot of ups and downs, just like uh, our industry has. Um, but we are, you know, the the USBG is still is here. We want to continue providing be providing resources for bartendings bartenders who are. Um, really dedicated to this career and and maybe you know for for people who for bartenders who are in it for a little while that they can that they can find some value and and make some meaningful impact in their own careers and in their community um, and and that's that's what keeps us driving that's what keeps us moving you know uh, is is that professional development we know this is a tight margin industry we've been talking about it as it relates to medical insurance as it and as it relates to providing employee benefits. Um, that extends into professional development. You know, you're really sort of on your own. You get a corporate job and there's management training programs and there's um, continuing education programs and conferences that your employer is going to send you to. And all of that stuff is happening. Um, very little of that happens in our industry. So, you know, the USBG tries to has has been bridging that gap for bartenders now uh, for 75 years. 
And um, we're excited uh, about the the prospect of of sort of saying, you know, of celebrating that 75 year history, and then also launching initiatives like this in our 75th year that are really game changing, that are really trying to move the needle um, and and help people in their day to day lives. So. In addition to our, our conference, um, our, we're going to do one national conference this year instead of our, our annual regional conferences. Um, we're all going to join together at the uh, Arizona Biltmore um, this summer and uh, really dig into social responsibility to advance bartender education. Um, and then for the fun activities, um, we're actually going to be releasing a documentary about the, the USBG. Uh, one of our former presidents, the uh, Livia Loro, um, has researched and written a book uh, on behalf of the USBG called Liquid Legacy. And that is about this sort of founding story of the organization. And it's tracking through the decades of, of, of leadership and, and how the organization has, has sort of um, held this space for bartenders for, for 75 years. That's so cool, and and I'm I'm really um, just excited to hear about all the, the the great work that you two are doing for your members and for the industry, and just to to continue to advocate for the labor of uh, industry that I think we all know our our labor gets undervalued quite a bit. Yeah. Um, I, I know this has been a policy heavy show, yeah. and I wanted to ask a fun question at the end here. Uh, it's Memorial Day this weekend. That means it's officially the start of summer. What are what are you two drinking? What are your drink trend predictions for hot girl <laughs> summer twenty twenty three? What are you what's what's been uh, on your mind lately? Oh my gosh! Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I will. Uh, the hardest question of the whole interview. <laughs> I have to say, I'm drinking a lot. Of, um, I'm drinking a lot of natural wines. Um, I'm I'm on trend there. And then I also have to give a shout out to the BrewDog non-alcoholic beer. Um, this stuff is the alcohol-free beer. Uh, it, this is like, it, uh, it's a, I, I've been using it more as a spacer drink or like if I'm, if I'm out with friends or, or have people over and I'm done drinking, but I'm not done hanging out. Like I switch to this and I feel like guilt-free and very satiated with it. So um, that I would say natural wine switching into uh into the the brew dog uh non-alcoholic ipas nice i love that well i i'm very fond to kick off my outdoor time yeah. uh summer with aperol spritz because yes. um i just had such i it brings me back to verona i got to go to vin italy uh before the pandemic and um and it just makes me feel like I'm sitting in the piazza and such fond memories. So that's one thing we love about cocktails and alcohol, right? Is that it takes us back to place, time, and people. And uh, it's one of the special joys when you open a bottle of wine or make a cocktail and transcend into a, a happy place. So um, I'll probably kick off my weekend with that. And then uh, I like the spacer of mocktails. Yeah. That's uh, those are that that's spacer concept is really awesome for people. Uh, not so much with the done drinking at the end, Aaron, but <laughs> with the spacer, right? Because you do, you got to space it out. You got to slow down. You got to make sure that you're being responsible. And I think that's really um, a, a great thing. And, and even as bartenders, to be able to even suggest it, right? Is for somebody that says, you know, I want another, but I want to wait a while. I'm meeting some people. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a great option and a fun way to try something different. Sure. And heavily on brand. And maybe we have to use your artificial, artificial intoxication. <laughs> we're going to have to try some mocktails. There you go. Artificial intoxication. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love it. <laughs> uh, well guys, thanks so much for being on and uh, spending your time with us and sharing this great information with our audience. Um, how can my listener get a hold of you just generally? Can we follow you on some Instagram? Can we got a website you want to plug real fast? Absolutely. Check us out on uh, womenofthevine.com, wotbsfoundation.org. Um, we have all our contact information there, so please reach out anytime. 
Yeah, and for USBG, we're at USBG on Instagram. We do weekly uh, Instagram lives, like uh, the one that we brought De Deborah into. Um, and so that's a good place to kind of check out what the USBG is interested in. And um, that's on Wednesdays, uh, noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. That's a great place to start. We've got our whole archive and library there if you want to see uh, some interesting topics. And can I plug one other site that I, sh I would be remiss if I didn't? So, uh, yeah, of course, we have our Instagram. I know my social media team would want to kill me for not saying our Instagram and LinkedIn and Facebook and all of that. But another thing that Aaron and I have been chatting about on the side is I started when the pandemic hit, obviously being women of the mind and spirits, I started a free Facebook group uh, for female bartenders specifically to give them a space that they could support one another um, during the challenging times. And we started that in uh, January two, 2021. Uh, with the pandemic, and we are about to hit thirty thousand badass bartenders. Yeah. I I own the trademark, the URL. We got some amazing badass bartenders in that group. Uh, Aaron and I, you know, know a lot of them are USBG members. Great. So uh, if you're a uh, anybody that identifies as a woman and is totally a badass bartender, find us on Facebook because. Uh, we are an incredible, growing, and almost 30,000 people strong. That's amazing. Uh, community, that's what uh, that's what everything we do is all about in this field, I think. So it's great to Absolutely. know that you're out there. Yeah, it's great to know that you're out there building communities and reaching out to uh, uh, everyone to share this kind of, uh, these great, great resources, like an overwhelming pile of resources that uh, I'm excited to kind of dig into myself. Um, so again, thanks so much for your time. Uh, Aaron Gregory Smith from USBG and Deborah from Women of the Vine. Um, that's it for this episode of the Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, it's, we not, have more. it's not yet. We have oh, one, no. one more thing. One more I, person I want to thank. I, I want to thank Jake S. I don't know if he's comfortable with me revealing his whole last name. So we're going to go with Jake S., who is our first ever member Ooh. of Bottled and Bond, which is the new membership program of the Speakeasy that we just launched last week. That's right. Gets you some really cool perks in addition to the free weekly show. You're going to get a half hour extra content of all of our guests starting next week. And you're also going to get a monthly roundup of what our guests are up to, sort of a, a very quick where are they now turnaround and uh, a curated list of recipes from us us here, you know, the dopes that you love behind the mic and sort of how our guests have been inspired. I promise I'm not going to have chat GPT. I was gonna, These I are was actually going yeah, to come directly from the heart. <laughs> uh, so if anyone wants to be get all this good stuff and be cool like Jake, uh, go ahead and click the link that we have in the show notes there. And Jake, I just want to say thank you so much. I hope you're having a badass day because you rule. Appreciate it, Jake. <laughs> Uh, well, that's it for this. Thank that's you. finally it for this episode. That is it. That's really it. for this episode of the Speakeasy on Heritage Radio Network. Go to heritageradionetwork.org to click on the beating heart to to donate to the station to keep shows like this one on air. Uh, again, thanks to our uh, um, guests today for offering up so very much valuable information. Uh, and we'll we'll catch you next week. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. So you don't shun the devil with your right. The Speakeasy is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network food, and drink radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.